Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Somewhere between science and superstition. Welcome to Strange Eons Radio. Actually, welcome and Happy New Year, right? Because when this oh, drops, yeah. we are in be. 2020. Happy New Year. New decade, new all the stuff that everybody's been saying around and all that kind of stuff. Yes. New year, new me, motherfucker. Sure. Uh, bringing in <laughs> prohibition and flapper dresses again. We're yes. bringing it back. That's right. It's the I, 20s. I, I did Short see haircuts. an article where apparently LA is turning art deco. The the, Just the, the, the restaurants city. and the you know the trendy restaurants and yeah. the trendy clubs are all going Art Deco. Oh very very twenty something for the decade. Full Gatsby. Is this on purpose or this is just how just the world the way is it, the way it's progressing? At least that's what it was portrayed in the article. That wow, wow. The world forced in. trend. Hey, that's Eric Morgan <laughs> over there. Hello. That's Vanessa Williams over there. Hello. I'm Kelly Young. We are going to be actually counting down our top five favorite films this year. Each of us going around and around. <laughs> But um, before we get to that, you guys, I saw a movie, and I think you guys saw a movie, and I think we need to talk a little bit about it. I feel like the nation has seen this film, if not the planet. Uh, yeah. Um, Good chunk. It has, it has not surpassed even The Last Jedi in box office right now. I, I have really? heard that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not financially quite as good. Well, so we're talking about Rise of Skywalker, supposedly the final Star Wars film to deal with the Skywalker family. Sure. Is that what the theme was of all three of these Well, this is supposed to be the last film about the Skywalkers. Everything else will now be spinoffs. Oh. I mean, I just didn't know what the purpose was of any of the films at all. I just figured people were like, let's just Star Wars more. Well, since Star Wars people go nuts, shall we be nice and try to be somewhat spoiler free? It's only yeah, been out I, I feel a little like, bit of time at this point. I feel like the people who want to see this movie have seen this movie, so I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we care about spoilers on this? There were not very many shocks in this, right? Uh, no, I didn't think there were. Okay. Disappointments, maybe. Well, here's... here's <laughs> I was surprised by a me, few things. Well, let me go. air my grievance, my biggest grievance. The airing uh, of grievances. It right. was um, shoehorning dialogue in to fit dialogue that Carrie Fisher had already recorded before she passed. Yes. Yeah. And it was weird. It was so <laughs> obvious that they were like, huh, what can we have her say so that Princess Leia can respond this way? Well, a lot of those shots were already recorded. Right. So they had all this leftover footage and right. they're like, how can we stick this in? Right. Yeah. Yes. But those shots were recorded without background, without Anything. Right. So the, they they were scenes from the Last Jedi that were not used because right. she died right. before that was even finished. Oh, interesting. This wasn't stuff that she was filming for this movie at all. Yeah, oh, she was in the same costuming and everything like right. that. Right. Not that Star Wars changes costuming a lot in general. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I felt like Ray. Really, you're gonna wear the same outfit now? You're <laughs> planet hopping. I feel like that flappy thing is still in your way. Right. If you're Jedi flipping around, are you not gonna get snagged on a branch somewhere with this thing? No. Uh, so overall feeling on this movie, you guys? I finally figured out what mine was overall. To all the Last Jedi haters out there, sorry, man. I freaking love Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. After the end of Last Jedi, I went on this 
Star Wars kick where I'm like, I'm going to read every, all the books, the comics, and catch up on everything. Because yeah. I was like, oh, man, this is great. After I was done watching last Star Wars, the last uh, Rise, Rise of, of the, I was like, all right, that was a Star Wars movie. Cool. Hmm. And no desire to do anything other than go, you know, watch the last couple episodes oh. of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I did after watching uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I, much like you, I really, really enjoyed uh, Rain. Oh, my God. I almost said Rain Wilson. Jeez. Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Oh, my gosh, Brain. Uh, I really enjoyed his his version. I felt like it was yeah. very true to the characters that we'd seen in like the first. And a lot of people were like, but Luke regressed. Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, yeah, he regressed. He's a fallible character. My God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was Yoda not just flipping around a bunch for you? He was just being a <laughs> dick. Wow. That's got to be hard for you to deal with. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. Um, but with this film, there were things about... About it. The larger arc worked really well for me. I felt like they spent yeah. the right amount of time building it across the three films, and I felt like it resolved in a really satisfying and interesting way. But the tiny stories underneath were, I mean, it was just a tidal wave of information. It was just like, I don't know why we had that, these characters in any of these films at all, yeah. because I could care less. They don't have any, There's why are they here? Yeah. Yeah, I agree mostly with that. I, I overall enjoyed it. I, you know, I had some story issues, and there was a particular plot point that was just there to make the movie about thirty minutes longer. And I hate shit like that. Yeah, um, I liked Last Jedi a lot. Also, I hated the very slow space chase, and I hated sure. the side quest to Casino Planet. Yeah. But otherwise, mm, yeah. I, I really liked Luke's arc in that film. He was basically Yoda in that film. When we yeah. first meet Yoda in Empire, he's, he's hiding, out. hiding out on a planet Snotty. and yeah, yeah. Being, a, being a dick. Smacking people with his cane and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. you know? So I didn't have a problem Milking, with that. Milking animals. <laughs> well, the, the Last Jedi felt like it was taking chances and going to open up the world. Right. And make the Force and everything involved with Star Wars bigger and more epic. Like the little kid with the broom, what happened to him? I mean, what? Who knows? Well, I think that that was the point was that that kid would grow up to be mm-hmm. somebody. Um, this, I don't know, I liked it because it subverted expectations. You, uh, everybody, right, yeah, yeah. everybody yes. was exactly. just like, I know exactly where this is going now, and it did not go that way. So I enjoy stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I think they really need to open up this universe if they're going to keep telling stories and yeah. having everybody related to each other and then bumping into the same characters from 30 years later seems really weird. Yeah. Especially in the universe where you can like hop across it. Yeah, like yeah. how are you running into these <laughs> Good people? Point. When uh, in these random planets. Clearly thousands of populated planets. Right. And you keep running into the same people. That's some crazy odds. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had an issue with that. And, and it was very frustrating because it felt like to me, I felt really unhappy that they didn't have a pre-plan for all three films ahead. Like, I felt like if you're going to do a trilogy where you really want to honor the Star Wars universe and make it something greater and bigger than what we'd previously seen, you should probably have very specific bullet points for three films that create a big arc. And instead, we got one film where we felt like everything else with J.J. Abrams, we felt like we were going somewhere specific but probably not the middle film where, you know, he's picking up the pieces and continuing forwards and maybe not the direction that was intended, but then they probably should have known where they were going. And then the third one where they're 
going back towards something that we didn't even know we were supposed to be going towards in the first place mm-hmm. and then rushing it through the end. And it just felt so frustrating. Yep. I agree. Yeah. The, I, I mean, I don't think it's any spoiler to say that the emperor is part of this film. We hear his voice and all that stuff in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked how he plays into this, yeah. but just a little bit of foreshadowing in either of the other movies <laughs> that this is where we were <laughs> going have been would useful. have been interesting yeah. and yeah. would have made it feel like, oh, they did have a plan. Oh, yeah. totally. Like I, in the visuals in this, there was some amazing stuff going on. Like oh, I was, yeah. it was a joy to watch yeah. unless you have epilepsy. Do not watch this movie. Oh, if God, you have I'm epilepsy, you will not survive. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there was, some, I mean, there was just great stuff to look at. It's just, yeah, I was unfortunately put into a bad mental state for the film right at the beginning with the opening crawl where mm-hmm. it, whatever it, I think it was the, the dead, dead speak. speak with two exclamation points. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, because that knows was it's three exclamation points. If you're going to do more than one, it's <laughs> <laughs> saying that at all was unnecessary. Making it because you go through the whole thing and it explains it all anyways. Yeah. So that was just strange, like, oh, God, I hope the rest of the writing of this is not yeah. that. I didn't mind that because it felt very much the in the uh, style of the old serials that they were, that they've always been following. So I didn't mind that. And a lot of stuff in those crawls tells you stuff that hasn't happened, you know, on right. screen. So yeah. I was, I was kind of fine with that. But oh, the rest of the crawl I thought was fine. I think it was just that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is like, I, it's funny because with the end crawl, I don't think I've ever once read the end crawl. So I'm just like, oh, or the beginning crawl, I guess. Because I'm like, oh, there it goes. It's kind of yellow and hard to read. Good luck. (laughs) I'll just enjoy the story now. It was interesting because the fanfare, I think, is also something that really frustrated me um, because fans were angry about certain things that this film seemed to have collapsed in on itself to make them happier. Did you guys notice that? Look, nobody hates more than, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. It's true. They will complain about every fucking thing. This movie was all there to just... Accommodate them. I think that J.J. was just trying to do his best for himself and for Disney. I'm sure that they said, please come back and save this. This is what we want. And he said, okay, I'll I'll do my best. It's just, it's just really frustrating when it... uh, well, the weird part about that is that Last Jedi, financially, did really well. Yeah. The only part that was a problem was all the whining online. So if, as a filmmaker, you go, what, I should never listen to this whining because it's going to happen no matter what I do. Right. Yeah. So I should be the creative person in this creative team I put together. We should come together and do the movie we want to make. Right. Because no matter what we try to do to please other people, we're always going to piss off somebody else. Yeah, it, it's a hundred percent true. And like the loudest voice of all is, of course, are the young white males who are like, "Oh my young? god, I'm not," mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah. middle-aged white males who are like, "I'm not being properly represented in this film series, and therefore I'm angry, even though we're in a universe with lots of aliens and they don't look like me either, but they're okay because they're Wookies. Because <laughs> they're totally different." <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really frustrating to be like oh we're going on a mission except you oh that really frustrated yeah, yeah, me that was weird i was like this it was weird it was really weird and then they introduced a character who is a safe character yeah because they can hang out with the other person that looks like them 
Well, interesting. And it gives us all a very okay feeling inside because it's not multiracial. It's not, it, it's, it's what we want. It's what we expect. You know People what, should stay in their lane. That character was paid off in a very creepy moment. Very creepy way. Very creepy way. 75 year old Lando Calrissian saying something that I am still wondering what the fuck he meant. By I, I mean, I can only assume future, future stories are what they hope out of that, but I don't want to see them. Frankly, <laughs> I don't want to be on that adventure. I'll say this. There was a mention of Luke and Lando that were trailing a Jedi hunter, you know, uh, like oh. a side mission earlier at some point in the uh, in the history. And I was like, if they don't make a animated Pixar style Star Wars movie with that adventure voiced by Mark oh. Hamill and <laughs> Billy D. Williams, I'm going to riot. Oh, my gosh. Actually, that's such a cool idea. It yeah. never once occurred to me that you know further explore that but at least those like freaking horrible side missions would have a reason yeah which would be great all right i think we've dumped enough yeah. on this film that we all claimed we like well, that's the problem with these kind of things i feel better <laughs> thanks guys so what we're gonna do we're gonna jump into our top five favorite films i don't know about you guys but i did not go on any kind of weird thing other than oh this is the movie i really liked this year yeah not necessarily the best movie of the year or anything like that yeah oh completely i yeah. went solely off of my own enjoyment and i think it shows <laughs> Uh, do we think Interesting. Uh, do we think any of us have the same flicks? I wonder. I think we'll have a couple of the same. I don't know. We might. I think that I know that I've got one at least that I think we all liked a lot. I think one so. or two on here are definitely. And be. and what we're doing is picking top five genre. But then I figured we'd go up and talk about other films that are not genre that maybe we loved because if if I had yeah, to, my definitely. top five favorite films of the year. Yeah. Are not genre films. Would be very different, right? Yeah, I I kind of snuck a few in there, <laughs> but I can, I can rearrange them if need be. Well, cool. Why don't we take a little break, and then as soon as we come back, we'll jump into it. Sound good? Hey. It's the Star Wars Creature Cantina that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. You can make them move on revolving discs with the action lever. You can even make them fall. Gotcha, Hammerhead. Got him. I told you not to follow me, Guido. You owe us money, Han Solo. You're not going to collect this time. Wow, what a weird place. Kenner's new Star Wars Creature Cantina. Action figures sold separately. We're talking top five favorites of the film. I thought we'd just kind of go in uh, in order and list them off. You know, I'll, you know, Eric five, Vanessa five, my five, then back to Eric for his four. Sound groovy? Sounds cool. good. Eric, Not you want to start us off? Yeah. I'm starting off way down the radar for folks. Crypticon's 2019 winner for best feature film. Oh, okay. And it's called, uh, I've talked about it before on podcasting a little bit, but uh, $6,000 film called Live Scream. Started its festival run in 2018, but didn't come out on DVD and Blu-ray until 2019. So we're good there. Directed by Michelle Anatuno. Oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the only starring. Uh, feed him, uh, feed him. Starring Gunnar Wilson, Willis, oh, so you know. Okay. Who is in Vice Principals and Ozarks. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is a movie I could very easily see people being driven absolutely nuts by and not, not liking at all. And when I first started watching it as a submission, I'm like, 
this is stupid. And by the end, I'm going, good Lord, I hope I'm not delusional. And everybody else that's in my, the judges end up liking it. And it easily got selected. It's a pretty much Gunner by himself as he's the only character on camera in the entire movie. And it's one, if you've ever watched a Twitch stream where somebody's playing video games oh yeah, and they're talking about playing video games, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's the, that's the whole movie. So it's the Gunner. And then the other one side of the screen is Gunner, and the other side of the screen is the video game. That sounds awesome. And that's it. Uh, I haven't watched a, I just, just saw that the Blu-ray was out, so I, I actually ordered it like last week. Because so, I really want to read, hear, look at the making of and read so that, or hear some of the audio commentary. Because it feels like and looks like he did the whole movie in one freaking take. I'm I remember sh- you talking about yeah. this afterwards. So did they have to then create graphics for a fake video game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. Yeah. How did the video game look? Did it look fun? It looked fine. Oh, okay. It looked fine. It, was, it looked more, more reminiscent of probably Doom oh, okay. or something like that as far as the graphics level. So nothing you have to... like. I, sometimes I have a problem when you see in a film they've made a video game and it just doesn't look like fun to play. Right. And you're like, yeah. why are... <laughs> Why are you playing this? If you're a nerd or a gamer or anything, like this is awful. So. It had a it had a little bit of that, uh-huh. to be honest. The interaction with the people, I mean, there are people interacting with him. So he's the only one visually on screen, but he's not the only one you see in the movie mm-hmm. or hear from in the movie. But it is uh, incredibly well paced, moves really well. It is, it's not particularly long. Maybe that's why it moves so well, but it is just really smart, fun, interesting, super low budget filmmaking. So, uh, yeah, again, that's live scream available. I think it's available streaming a few places too, but also on Blu-ray and DVD. You can buy direct from the director and have her sign it. Oh, you know what? I might do that. I might go online and, uh, you know, 2020 would be a great year to give money to local and real actual working artists. So why not? There you go. You heard it here first. (laughs) So, oh God, now I got to commit. Um, so, dang it. Now I have we'll to check back with you in. <laughs> You're going to look at my, my accounts. Um, so my number five, I, I think I'm the only person on planet earth that liked this movie. Okay. Um, it's called the, uh, it's called dead. Don't die, which you guys might know as that Jim Jarmusch zombie movie that everyone hated. Yeah. And I walked out of it with a completely different experience, I think than anybody else. And I don't know if it's because, I'm an editor slash filmmaker slash study a lot of movies or what it is. But I mean, you guys like films. You've probably seen early Jim Jarmusch (laughs) pieces. Yeah. One of the original indie filmmakers of all time. Sure. Um, I felt like that was a film that was literally trolling the genre and it did it in such a cool way. Um, like for example, they have a, um, old Disney channel star that shows up randomly and then they do (laughs) sexy shots of her and then they kill her. That's like in a zillion films. Plus like, um, other, other big films that their stars are in, they're going to make little nods like to a keychain of, um, the star Wars vessel on, (laughs) um, Adam driver's characters keychain or whatever. Um, you've got artificial stock lens flares in there that were, you can totally, purchased online like I've actually seen and used some of these so you know that they're just completely cheap and I just felt like it was a constant like poking at like this is what all the zombie movies are about and you know what like let's just let's just 
tear that can of worms open and then throw some deadpan characters at it and see what happens. And I just really enjoyed it. Just watching it constantly going, oh my God. And now he's making fun of, you know, the Night of the Living Dead. And now he's making fun of, you know, the way in which um, big sci-fi films do this or that. So Hmm. yeah, that was, that's kind of my number five. Wow. I um, count me in the hated it camp. Sure. Yeah. I completely understand that I hated it because I thought it would be something that it right. was. And I think that's wow. exactly what happened is I, that's probably why it failed so hard is I don't think he let anyone in on the joke. If, if I'm, if I'm right, which is a big risk, which I'm totally not going to say that I am right in this um, approach to it. But I think a lot of people expected a zombie movie. You know, that's why I expected a funny movie and that is not really, what you expected I felt a like. funny movie out of <laughs> with, Jim Jarmusch with, with that cast with Bill Murray, even with of, Bill Murray. Yeah, Come on. Have you seen coffee and cigarettes? It's not that funny. I did expect that because the trailer was much funnier yes, than the movie. That's a hundred percent true. Oh, it marketed so, itself very yeah, differently from what it was. Itself, or marketed the, the film as a comedy. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that it it got the failure that it it led itself to that space. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, you have not seen no, it. I see it. It was Ghouls. it was attacked so much by so many people that just kind of just kept falling down the list. But knowing, yeah. and I. I also had the reaction of that filmmaker making a comedy. Okay, I'll see it at some point. Right. Um, but knowing he didn't make a comedy actually makes me more intrigued to I, see it. I think if you watched it, it would, I would love to know what you think. Because if you start breaking it down into how you would assemble it, if mm-hmm. you had that as your own personal challenge, I think it becomes really interesting to see like, oh, maybe he's doing this for a reason. I wonder what that reason mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I'll we'll have to check that out, I think. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this, right? Just, right, exactly. Right. I mean, we it, don't have to agree. We, we'll probably thing. have inevitably have some crossover, but if we all had the same ones, what a shitty year would have been for right? film. Yeah. My God. <laughs> well, my I'm, God. I'm pulling out for my number five a weird one, too. A very polarizing film, and I think you both have seen it, and it is called The Perfection. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was a Netflix original. Uh, it was directed by Richard Shepard, and it stars Allison Williams, who you may remember as the evil girlfriend from Get Out. Uh-huh. And uh, she plays a brilliant cellist who has had to step away from that for years to take care of her ill mother and then when she comes back in there is this other young beautiful cellist who is uh has taken her spot at this uh, <laughs> illustrious school and she kind of goes on this weird revenge thing but mm. as the movie goes along you're not sure who she's actually trying to get revenge on and it starts off kind of as a uh, feels like you're going to be watching maybe a zombie movie and then uh there is a twist right after it gets into the zombie <laughs> yeah. part and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? I, I heard somebody say that it was the closest thing a, um, an American film had come to making a South Korean horror film. And I have to oh, say wow. that that's exactly how it feels. It's a real <laughs> wow. mind fuck of a movie. That's a good description. Oh my gosh. I, I actually have not seen this, but oh. that sounds... I mean, I the trailer made it look really interesting to me anyway so I think it, that you might like it, it. It's, it's a good film it's well made Steven Weber is in it from Wings <laughs> and he's wow. great I know you know how often do you see something like that not often and, enough and then hear the guy go and he's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this former sitcom star is in it and you're really gonna like him 
Yeah. No, it's not Woody Harrelson. Yeah, lots of twists <laughs> and turns. Uh, it's called The Perfection, and it is on Netflix. Well, instead of just me doing each first one, do we want to round Robin in even more? Oh, oh you're just he's he's in consistent he mode. God damn it, I don't want to get out of. <laughs> okay, my number four, also probably stepping a, away a little bit from this, but it's definitely friggin' horror. Is uh, the documentary. Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. I hadn't caught that one either. Oh, it's so it's good. Good call on this. I didn't even think about pulling out documentaries. This one just popped as looking through my rear view. It's by uh, Xavier Bergin, Bergin, but uh, easily to find. It's on Shutter. It's a Shutter release. And if nothing else, I want them to do another one, strictly with Ken Forey and Keith David talking for two hours about whatever the hell they want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> that is. But it's a really interesting retrospective on the history of black representation in horror films and how underrepresented it is or how well represented it is in certain films mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot one of the criticisms i heard is there's a lot of get out in it which kind of like, well it was kind of an important one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, do they talk successful. about i assume they talk about Candyman pretty oh, yeah. extensively yeah. Oh, yeah ken forey's in it and uh, man, um and uh tony todd tony todd yeah yes <laughs> he, he talks a lot throughout the yeah. documentary wow does he sound coherent yeah oh, oh yeah good. he's okay. got such an amazing voice so you're just like well I'll listen to this just, guy yeah. just rattle on yeah, whatever exactly. he's gonna I just talk close about. my eyes <laughs> and hang out with mr todd yeah, he's and a lot of the uh, like the seventies black exploitation stuff, and then much much oh. earlier. From it's really really interesting. Oh, it's fascinating! Well worth checking out. I mean, that kind of covers it. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like just it's really good. Go watch it. Horror noir. Yeah, that is a Shutter exclusive. Mm-hmm. My number four is um, probably one that is going to be on both your lists, most likely. Um, which is us. So uh, this year we had the second Jordan Peele horror film extravaganza um i thought it was really wonderful insofar as like just the the thought that went into it as far as crafting this notion of duality and consistently using this imagery throughout the film whether you expect it or realize it or not i liked the alice in wonderland um references and the the kind of playing around with the following the rabbit down the hole there's a couple of points that i'm still a little confused on as to why so I'm not, I'm not going to put it at number one because those still kind of bug me a, a little bit. Like the, the hands across America thing, I'm still a little confused. And the ending was great, and I, I have no problem with that. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really strong second film, and I'll just pretend like Twilight Zone never happened. Uh, well, remember, he doesn't have anything to do with Twilight Zone except yeah. as a narrator. He's not. Even, oh, really? I don't think. Oh, I thought he wrote it. It's oh. sort of like a Wes Craven or Stephen King presents kind of movie. Oh, where... I totally thought he. I was no, like really no. disappointed. Oh, I feel he, so much he, better now. He might Yay. have produced a little bit well, too, like but I think it was produced. Maybe exactly. Here's my oh, name. My God. There you go. Oh, whew. all yeah. right. On the other hand, I didn't like us. Really? No. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm I liked so parts of it, but overall yeah. I was kind of like, eh, I, I wanted something a little stronger right. because I liked Get Out so much. I mean, was it, did you find it at all bothersome that they didn't, it wasn't about race? <laughs> you know what? Maybe I did. Yeah, yeah, Maybe, I know. But I'm I not sure that of... it wasn't because uh, the hands across America and everything. Yeah. That's definitely an indictment of what was going on in the 80s right. as yeah. far as um, what we were doing as a country and, and how superficial we were. You know, how... it's really definitely. tough to 
Yeah, it's really tough to um, kind of figure out the placement on that, because I know I, I saw a couple of interviews where he said it, it wasn't about race, but I feel like you can't help it. It is still on some levels going to have, you know, some stuff about race in there. So, yeah, I think yeah. You're right. I enjoyed a large portion of the film. Yeah. I thought the expositional scene at the end really hurt the whole movie for me just yeah. because like, okay, for all you people that we feel we're going to insult our yeah. audience here and explain everything that happened, even though you can pretty much see exactly what happened. That's true. Uh, that hurt the film a lot for me, partially because I think yeah. Jordan Peele's a much better writer director than that scene. Yeah. Gave credit. No, I think you totally are onto uh, something with that. But the, the, the stuff in the house mm-hmm. overall, I enjoyed it, but yeah. it, when you leave the movie and you don't really like the end, <laughs> that hurts yeah. the whole movie experience. No, I totally, I totally understand that. I think I just, I really liked all the questions that had me wrestling with afterwards mm-hmm. that I really had to sit down and think through and try to like, um, puzzle out, which is something that hereditary had done for me as well, Oh yeah, where I felt <laughs> like I really needed to think it through to figure out, Oh my gosh, what did the symbol mean? Or mm-hmm. how was this character connected to this thing the whole time there? Were, I, I was frustrated with the, um, there was kind of the main spoiler part of it. So I won't, I won't mention it necessarily, <laughs> but um, there, there's a, a thing that is a very, very obvious and b really irritating and it C makes it so the story doesn't make sense um, as far as like their big reveal at the end. So, so that's, yeah, that's why it's number not nice. number one. That's us. I mean, it's not a bad movie. I'm not going to say that. What the hell's no. wrong with you? No, no, no. But it just was not. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that you guys didn't have it on your list. No. Yeah. Sweet. For my number four, I chose an A24 film that might have Whoa. a kind of happy ending. Uh, what? I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's very controversial. Uh, Under the Silver Lake. Oh, which oh is, my God. It. it is directed by David Robert Mitchell. It is his follow-up to It Follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a neo-noir. It's very strange. It's got some crazy David Lynchian moments in it. It's got some super creepy horror moments in it. Some scenes that are like right out of the scariest movie you've ever seen, but the rest of the movie is not like that. Andrew Garfield is a star and he is so spectacular in this as this kind of slacker nobody who gets caught up in this. At first it's just this weird thing. He's like bored out of his mind so he's following (laughs) this chick that he met and everything and then she ends up dead and now he's like I've got nothing better to do and this feels weird to me so I'm going to kind of investigate and it leads him all over this amazing spectral version of Los Angeles that has never looked cooler. I mean, it's Los Angeles today and you're like, wow, if this is really what Los Angeles is like, it must be amazing. Unfortunately, you know, for you live in Los Angeles, you know, it's barbed wire around your exit signs on the freeway and couches on the side of the road. And all that. And Los Angeles is just a fucking cesspool anymore. But this movie makes it look awesome and fun, full of mystery and everything. I'll be honest. I don't know if this is a good movie. I just loved it so much. And it just stuck with me forever. I keep seeing these the scenes that I like because there's some fucking weird shit towards the end when things mm-hmm. start getting explained. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> like, what? And the best part is Andrew is so put out by everything, too. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And you are with him the entire way because he reacts the way you would if faced with huh. some of the answers he's given. 
Um, now this is kind of I'm putting this on as a as a technicality because it was released everywhere else in 2018, but did not get a U.S. release until 2019. It got a very limited theatrical run and then went straight to streaming. So. Oh man, I'm thrilled that you mentioned that movie. That was I loved that film. Oh, I'm glad. Oh my gosh, and it did the same thing when I when it finished. It just sat on me, and I just was obsessively thinking about it and playing back through and trying to work out what was going on. And I spent like hours talking it through with the with the person I'd watched it with, and I was like just dissecting it and being (laughs) like, "This is with this and this psychological thing and blah blah blah." And I couldn't agree more. It makes Los Angeles just look like a wonder land like a dreamy wonderful idea of what it could be but I think in a better way than what La La Land did oh well yeah because it's got that weird element to it which is just a weird cool element if you're if you're 25 this might be your favorite movie in the world right now. oh my god yeah Hmm. and I I think I actually think that there's a lot of thought and a lot that's going on in that film because the more you start to pull at certain threads the more it makes sense yeah which is just brilliant and I'll say this Andrew Garfield is alive at the end of the film so that kind of counts as a happy ending right you know what I never even thought of this movie as an 24 film um happy is a really interesting (laughs) walk away it's all subjective considering what he went through I was like this is not going to end well for him no no I you know you got something there you got something there but um yeah I I'm i yeah, I'm not going to count it. I'm going to keep my search going. <laughs> you can have that be your happy A24 film. So that that's my number four, Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, I definitely want to see that one just because I think it follows your description of what that movie left with you. It follows that, all of that too. Where yes. it's yeah. A lot to distract, a lot going on. He's a he's a, an amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You're just going to love it for the visuals because, uh, I mean, then like you or like me, you probably felt uh, like, I don't know what's going on, but who cares? This movie is so cool to watch. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, like moments happen. It's very almost Lynchian at times because you're like, I don't know why a guy in like a giant animal suit is sat there talking to somebody, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) I don't even know if that happens, but it feels like it did happen. So I'm just going to, because it's just, that's the way that movie is. You get pulled from place to place on this bizarre journey across, um, across the city and yeah I, I didn't mind a single moment of it I'm so glad that That's you've awesome. even seen it I, everyone I've talked to has been like oh, I never watched that one so. no yeah no 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 I it was one of those ones that I was like oh it's on the pile and let's go ahead and watch it today and I oh my god <laughs> I was blown away nice so number three <laughs> um, I think you'd mentioned this and I can't remember if you loved it or hated it <laughs> but it made it onto my list uh, Daniel isn't real oh, oh okay. I haven't even heard of that uh Directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer, which, Ooh. you know, it's just an awesome name. So, you know, I got to go with it. Charles Miles Ma- Robbins and a guy whose last name is recognizable, Patrick Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's a he's surprisingly good actor. He is he's the son, very good. right? Yeah. Yeah. He got a lot of his mom's looks. Yeah. He looked, uh, I look at going... Why does this guy look oddly familiar? Because he really doesn't look. If yeah. he's, I saw, I looked at a picture of him standing next to Arnold, and he, mm-hmm. you can see it right. there, but mm-hmm. you separate the two of them. It's like, mm-mm. this is the story of a guy who's got an imaginary friend who may or may not be real. Maybe Fight Club with far more violent consequences in a lot of ways, I guess. Yeah, I'd almost, <laughs> this is almost a, uh, 
a cross between Fight Club and um, the Dark Half. Yes, mm. yeah, that's really good. Because you're 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 you are wondering how real is this imaginary mm-hmm. friend? Some shit is going on here. He does all the right things for uh, Daniel, uh, or Daniel does all the right things for uh, his his real friend or whatever. Uh, but eventually, things start to get darker, and his virus gets darker, and he gets confused as to what he should do. Uh, personally, I guess. We're, we're going to go deep here for just a second. Sorry, folks. We've talked before in the past. I don't know if we've talked when you've been on the show, but about trigger warnings. Right. For those of you who don't know, my mom is suffering from dementia. That opening stuff with his mom, holy shit. Mm. I mean, that is like, but I appreciate those moments in films sure. because to me, a moment's a, a film is uh, a place that's not real. So when I'm confronted with the reality from a film, I think it's a great opportunity to go, all right, let's just dive into this and feel what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the main part of the film. Um, and it moves past it. But, man, that opening se- opening few scenes with the mom is like, oh, crap. Um, but, God, it's it's because it's really well acted. It's really well done. It's beautifully shot. It's a really, really neat looking movie. That And that opening segment may have set me up for it to be a lot more tense for me for the rest of the film, which is great. Yeah, um, I this is on my runner-ups. So it was close, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't like the ending. The ending has got just a little too weird. Okay. <laughs> and um, otherwise, I loved it because, you know, he, he gets this imaginary friend when he's a kid, and so it's the same age as him. And when the imaginary fr- friend shows back up as an adult, the, the imaginary friend is also an adult now. Interesting. So it was, it That's was crazy. Cool and creepy. Yeah. I did love this movie might've been like my number one movie of the year. If it hadn't had the ending it had. Oh, okay. I and I was so put off by the ending that I was just like, God damn it. It's one of those <laughs> movies where you're like, this movie could have been amazing. And, and now it's like almost amazing, which is sometimes worse than bad. Kind of like what we're just saying with us was for me, right. where it's like, oh, it's really, oh. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Weird, weird endings are okay by me, but you know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my number three is <laughs> Happy Death Day to You. Wow. wow okay. The continuation from Happy Death Day, which is actually one of my favorite horror films of all time. Wow. I, I, I really loved liked, it. Yeah. It is such, I mean, so Happy Death Day to you is uh, basically Groundhog's Day, but with an evil serial killer masked person. And the girl keeps this um, sorority chick keeps waking up and waking up and getting killed and getting killed and having to kind of puzzle out what happens until she doesn't get killed. And all this kind of weird stuff is happening along the way. You're not sure if she's getting sicker or, you know, there's something happening where she's not recovering as well. Mm. And so, you know, time is limited. So I really enjoyed that because the character arc was so strong in the original where I completely believed her going from this horrible, shallow human being to this thoughtful, uh, you know, strong person who's willing to deal with their own issues. Yeah. And the follow up for that for Happy Death Day to You (laughs) basically starts off by erasing the successes of the previous film and forcing you to do it again. But now it's got a sci-fi twist on it. So it's no longer really a horror film. It's actually a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I like this movie 
well enough. It didn't make my list, but I did like that all of a sudden they explained, like almost at the beginning of this movie, right. they explained why it happened the first time, and you were like, oh, this is interesting. Definitely, yeah. I thought that as far as sequels go, it completely went in a different direction than I expected. And it was really like enjoyable in its new way of approaching a problem that we'd already seen. Like, I, I hate... I hate Groundhog's Day, personally. Wow. I know <laughs> I'm not good at watching repetitive stuff. It's not super fun for me, considering I'm an editor. That sounds really weird. But anyway. <laughs> I do enough of that in my day exactly. job. Exactly. That's it. my day job. I don't <laughs> want to do it now in my time off. But they do it in such a way that like, it actually is kind of a relief. And you're always like rooting for these characters. And you want this emotional progression to be occurring and these relationships to be in the place where you are hoping they'll go. And and yeah. that extra struggle of trying to beat out this this kind of resetting clock is really enjoyable. Very cool. Nice. Boy, well, that was one I did not see showing up on anybody's <laughs> list. Yeah. You're I, welcome. I, that was one I hadn't caught, partially because, and now you've intrigued me, I actually wanted to see it, because I was, uh, uh, was it just going to be more of happy the same? birthday to you, too? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a very cool take, so huh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mine was one I just saw, my number three, is one I just saw recently, and I just fucking loved it, and I recommended it, and I bet neither of you bothered to watch it, but it is called Freaks. Ha! You're wrong. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're uh, right on my end. It was directed by Zach Lepofsky, and it stars Emile Hirsch and Bruce Dern, and it is a man, Emile Hirsch, who is keeping his seven-year-old daughter kind of captive in their house, not letting her go out or anything like that. And it's because she has superpowers in a world where superpower people have been outlawed. And this yeah. is one of those things that we've been talking about, which is if you're going to continue telling comic book stories yeah. and movies, that you got to figure out a different way to do it because we're all getting just a little bit tired of the next Batman, Superman, or Avengers film. Right. Well, I'm curious. You mentioned comic book. Is this an original story, or is this based on a comic book? Oh, you know, I never did any research on that. Okay. I, I have been under the uh, impression that it is an original story, but okay. I don't know if that's true or not. It is really good. I agree with you. I think it's a, an amazing film. <laughs> really, really interesting to watch. I got, like, halfway through it, I'm going, is this the one Kelly was talking about? Because I just watched it, like, two weeks ago, maybe. Okay. Oh, yes, it is. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it's it's relatively new. I think it's only been out for, I don't know, a month and a half maybe. Yeah, and I was a little surprised cool. that it made my list because I just fucking loved it. So mm -hmm. number cool. three, Freaks. Well, going to the uh, idea of maybe not super, super great films, but goddamn entertaining. Mm. My number two film right to this year was uh, Ready or Not. Oh, all right. Also my number two film. Oh, is it? <laughs> fleet, fleet, fleet. <laughs> I, I think we're in agreement. <laughs> be ready to shank each other. It'll be great. And it's all about the fun. The film is just freaking fun from mm. beginning to end. It starts up, it moves. It doesn't go in a straight line, but it, it moves really, really well from weird point to weird point and never feels, for me, it never felt contrived. It didn't feel like, well, that was a stupid leap. It felt like, that's an amazingly weird way to take this, and I like it. <laughs> now that's also an amazingly weird way to take it, and I like that too. Yeah, it had some nice twists and turns. Mm -hmm. oh, it's just so much fun to watch. 
It's like, okay, I can, I can do this one again. Let's watch a <laughs> Ready or Not 2. I don't care if it's a retread of the first one. Let's go for it. <laughs> not only that, but it, I'm ready to watch Ready or Not again. I yes. was just like, now I want to watch it again, knowing how this is going to end. Yeah, actually, I think it would be really fun to watch it again. Although I will say there's a moment, and you guys probably get this all the time in movies, but I don't think they do this very often with girls, where she injures her boob really badly <laughs> and I cannot like every time I think of the film I just see that and I'm like oh my god that looks so painful just duct tape your boob back together for the love of god stop hurting yourself Ugh. Yeah. yes it was very much that uh Rambo first blood kind of moment where you're like, oh, that's yep. just got to hurt. Like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> the no. movie does not shy away from the gore. That's no. for sure. No. There's oh, an not. awful lot of blood in this movie. <laughs> Pretty brutal at times. Oddly humorous brutality at times, too. Like the first kill. Oh, my God. And then you kind of laugh. <laughs> like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> well, that being said, actually, I mean, Kelly, do you want to jump in as to why you liked it? Oh, I'll get around to it since... Uh, Remember, he's keeping the list. It's in order. <laughs> I know. I just I thought I'd offer if you wanted to have a back and forth. Um, so my number two, it was definitely a contender for even number one for me. It's I just loved it so much, which is um, One Cut of the Dead. Oh, nice. Oh, I loved that movie. I thought it might be your number one. Even it was it's it was up there. It was really, really up there. It, it, it just it was such a joy and I know I talked about this previously on the show but it was just such a joy to watch as an editor and from like a story standpoint where you see a version of the film up front and you're like oh that was okay I don't know that was interesting I guess <laughs> and then you see it from a new angle and you're like oh my god that's amazing and then you see it from another angle and you're like oh my god God, that's amazing. And even like in the into the credit sequence oh, where geez, you're yeah. just like, holy cow, you guys, I don't the amount of time and energy it must have taken to just structure this thing yeah. is I mean, that alone, I, I feel like that should be a freaking Oscar contender. It is such an amazing film. Yeah, it, it went. It was one of those when oh, oh no, I want oh maybe I mean it was in and out of my oh, top five. I really enjoyed it too. Oh, oh it uh, just it was such a joy. I had no, I knew nothing about it going in. No. I just sat down for like a random free screening. A friend of mine invited me to, and I was like, um, why is this movie movie only half an hour long? <laughs> 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 and then I was like, oh, we're still here. Mm. And then I was like, oh, oh yes, <laughs> keep me here for as long as you like, movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was one I did, I just did not get. I thought it was fine mm -hmm. for what it was, um, and maybe this was just me also wanting it to be something else. Sure, but uh, liked it just fine. Yeah, <laughs> everybody else I know just this is definitely on everyone I know's top five list, except for maybe Eric's, I guess. Yeah, it's close, <laughs> but uh, I hear uh, that movie 1917 is a, a single shot film. Yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah. I'm super excited. Although. Not a true single Clearly shot, but yeah, it's structured to be. No way. <laughs> or else it's, yeah, that would be uh, are logistically any of them impossible. Actually, are any of, are, is there any film that's actually a single shot? Even Rope isn't. I know no, Rope is not. Some kind of yeah, and they only had so much um, yeah, length yeah. in the reels. He just went into the black on people's yeah. like backs just and stuff. Somebody back or go into the container or, a whip or pan. something like that. Yeah. yeah, cut on something like that. But yeah, I know Russian Ark is supposedly, but I I don't think they had, I think it was shot on film, so I don't think they could have. Yeah, Hardcore Henry came out, and I know that that's, that 
sits as kind of a one shot thing oh, because it? it's all POV, but it's clearly, it's clearly digitally made. Zero percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. <laughs> it's all one shot. We sat in front of a green screen. We put the guy <laughs> and we just played we the movie in around. front of him. <laughs> it's no big deal. Right. Well, as uh, said earlier, my number two was also Ready or Not, uh, directed by Matt Bettinell Olpen. And starring Samara Weaving, who I fucking loved The Babysitter. I know that oh, yeah. you were... Oh, great. That was so cool. And then she was yeah. great in Mayhem. Did either of you watch that on I Shutter? Did. Yeah, Mayhem, I actually, yes, actually like I that more than yeah. Babysitter. Yeah, and so, yeah. so I, I really like her. I, I mm-hmm. think that you hit it on the head, because my first note says, this movie is just fun, with yeah. a <laughs> underline. <laughs> um, the, the cast is amazing. Adam Brody and Andy McDowell are part oh, of her family. That mm-hmm. she has to, you know fight against <laughs> and I have a soft spot for movies that are the most dangerous game and yeah. this is the most dangerous game in a really big mansion and yeah. with I, an actual game yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and, and I love that throughout there's this you know you kept saying about the twists and turns there's this thought <laughs> of oh is this a satanic movie or something or is it just a bunch of crazy people who think they're right. worshipping Satan yeah <laughs> Which is great, like the, having that question linger in the air the whole time is just really fun. Yeah, it, yeah. it gives you and, the right kind of ambiguity, and they do answer it too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. They take so, a very firm position. They do not end on a <laughs> you decide ending. That's for sure. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's just got um, a really wicked sense of humor. The gore is <laughs> yes. over the top, but there are scenes like you said where something happens and you kind of cringe because. On, on occasion, the gore looks very realistic. Mm. Although, on other occasions, not so realistic at all. Just <laughs> a ton of blood suddenly. Okay, for my number one, I went a very different direction from my from number two. Uh, this was one that also showed up in one of the film festivals I work on with the Issaquah Film Festival with uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid. I want to see that so bad. I started it last night and saw it had subtitles and had to turn it off because I wasn't able to pay attention. You were falling asleep. Was like, oh. I was building a speaker system. I thought you had oh, seen okay. this already. I you have not. Oh, Vanessa, this is your kind of movie. I've missed it like it's four true. times running. It's it's like, it's my Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I think it's Short. actually really on a... On a very easy to watch service. <laughs> you know what? Some of us have different problems in our I lives. Guess okay. So, apparently. Ahab has the C, I have time. Uh, written, directed by uh, Isa Lopez out of Mexico. Based kind of, not exactly, obviously, on her own life, but she was orphaned at eight years old. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. And so she, uh, for me, I wrote down a bunch of descriptions for the word very simply put this film films smart disturbing unnerving unnerving uplifting but ultimately kind of crushing and it is mm. incredibly well done it's all really young actors man and they are fucking great i was watching this going Lord. where do they find these kids that can <laughs> act like this they're yeah. amazing mm. i mean they're like 10 and under i think Whoa. the oldest might be 12 or 13 the danger they're in, the situations they go in. There's, it's if you've ever seen a film like City of God, it's kind of got that aspect mm-hmm. of it, but it's also, but it has magical elements that bring it more into the and some really creepy scenes, some nice little horror elements that come with that those uh, magic touches. Uh, so it um, straddles the line really well to where the magic and the horror feel very real. 
and what's going on in their world. They don't feel like, oh, now we're going to have this magic moment that takes you out of the film entirely. Also, the kids, maybe because they're kids, you feel like their reactions to everything are are realistic. Because mm-hmm. as a kid, I think you're more open to something like that yeah. happening. You, you know, you're scared of shit under the bed still. So having stuff like that happen and just kind of rolling with it felt real to me. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, if you like, if you can't watch films where bad stuff happens to kids, you do not want to say maybe don't watch this one. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one when I, I told you I wasn't sure why it wasn't getting a much bigger release here. And you were like, well, I, I think I know why. And once yeah. I thought about it, I was like, yes, of course, American audiences are not going to be cool with some of the stuff that with happens the, to these kids. The danger these children are being put into. Yeah. It's not, uh, oh, some bad guys are chasing us. Oh, no. It's not a, a Spielbergian <laughs> kids movie. No. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that just frustrates me, though, because of things like, but Les Mis is acceptable, acceptable because it's a French musical that we should all value and respect, and a kid does not do well in that. <laughs> Yeah. So several kids don't do it. Anyways, I, I hate Les Mis. <laughs> I I've seen it like eight times on stage, and it makes me cry. But wow. it's okay. not necessarily good. I'm sure the book is much better. It just <laughs> it's just an emotional thing. Yeah, it's like it's just a, it's it's an early version of through the numbers emotional uh, string. So yeah, very I can sad. See that. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, your favorite of the year. My number one. Um, I feel like it's very, very obvious. I'm going the opposite <laughs> direction of you, and I'm just going to go ahead and follow the cattle off the cliff on this one, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to go for Joker. Wow. Okay. Whoa, okay. Yeah. So um, I just thought it was a beautiful, beautiful film. I I think it went in a interesting direction that DC has not previously been brave enough to go. <laughs> I thought the acting was insane the uh movement the way he he twists and turns his body his voice his um expressions it just it all felt very very satisfying to me in a way that i don't know it's very easy for comic book fans to be pissed at anything just like star wars (laughs) fans so of course there are gonna be people who are like but the the batman genre doesn't have the joker even though it's based on an actual graphic novel guys i'm sorry but it is (laughs) it's actually called joker you can now get it in uh, softback as of like i think this week so (laughs) guess what it exists but also like i just feel like it was very good at um addressing uh, how somebody can become that particular kind of character and maybe we didn't need the origin story but i don't think we needed half the batman movies we've had so far i mean it's no batman versus teenage mutant ninja turtles because that takes the cake but it's up there I will agree that the acting was spectacular. Have we heard as uh, Joaquin being considered for an Oscar? I don't know. He should be. I don't think um, the Oscars have been announced yet. Did he get any Golden Globe, though, nomination? Oh, did he? I don't know. I haven't actually looked into it. I I know there's a lot of talk about it, though. Yeah, he should be. As you may be able to hear, my neighbor is vacuuming the walls, apparently. uh, (laughs) Really dusty walls. I I was going to say something to you, but (laughs) you know what? Now that it's come up naturally in conversation... It's time you vacuum these things. <laughs> uh, well, okay. My number one, I'm embarrassed to admit, is also Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh, shit. Oh, 
Ooh, oh my gosh, you guys, you're yeah. on the same wavelength. Yeah. So, you know, Ooh. we already said it was directed by Issa Lopez and uh, stars the little girl was Pablo Lara and she's just so she's amazing so in it. Uh, I did the same thing you did. I've got about a million words here, you know, beautiful, sad, wonderful, uplifting. It's, I guess it's not horror, although there are horror elements. It's definitely like an urban fantasy, but done through the lens of like Pan's Labyrinth or something yeah, like that. It's really dark urban fantasy. Yes. Mm-hmm. They get, these kids are, uh, you know, it's a gang of orphans that are basically out on the street. And most of these kids' parents have been kidnapped, which apparently oh. is a fucking thing that happens in Mexico. What? <laughs> and so the kids are just kind of left to fend for themselves and oh. they see a drug killing and then they're on the run from this uh these much much eviler people and this girl has a piece of chalk that grants her three wishes and so she's got this piece of magic with her and throughout the movie you're like is this really magic does she just believe it's magic what is going on in this movie god it's just so fucking gorgeous the kids are the selling point to this their acting ability is you know better than anything we're throwing at the screen these days Oh. Did you see what her next project is? No, I hope it's with Del Toro. <laughs> it's a werewolf western. What? <laughs> right. Wow, I mean, that's cool. It, it, Del Toro could definitely be shepherding something like that. that yeah. Would, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is one of those people that if you told me her next film was a romantic comedy, I'd be like, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is somebody that you're like, I got to see what she does next. Well, part of why I think both mentioned Del Toro is because when, unlike you know, presented by the Wes Craven and Stephen King, like we were jerking before. Mm-hmm. Del Toro's put his name and produced some incredible, oh my god, incredible films. Yeah, the Orphanage is one of my yeah. favorite oh, films. God, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I don't know about you. I, I had a difficult time, so I did have some runner-ups that I just oh, wanted definitely. to give a, a I real have quick mention. Yeah, please. Uh, I really liked Bliss, which just came out recently, which was the vampire artist druggy horror film. Really slow burn until it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Wounds. Have you guys watched this? It's a Hulu mm-hmm. original. Uh, it's uh, body horror, cockroaches, kind of a Cronenbergian film with Army Hammer in it as a guy who finds. Sorry, a what was that title again? I just wounds. W o u n d s. He finds. He works at a bar and uh, he finds a cell phone there that uh, got left. And later the next day, he's just kind of. Um, fucking around he's kind of smart and figures out the uh the password to get in and starts flipping through the pictures and, and starts discovering some very very disturbing stuff and then his world just kind of goes out of control and then of course i know it's got to be on yours uh, oh, yeah. color out of I'll space yes. yeah definitely. that you know is going to be released <laughs> next month or i guess it'll oh, be cool. this month now yeah uh, but it didn't qualify for a 2019 yeah. release so it'll be by, a 2020 by yeah, the rules we set up ourselves we'll be like well because we have a few, uh, it's on its festival run right now, right. Uh, but it's not getting a wide release till 2020. So, um, like, okay, yeah, yeah, true. It turns out Lovecraft, Richard Stanley, and Nicolas Cage is a potent combination. Really I, I really loved that movie. Mm. I, I'm looking forward to all the people telling us how stupid we are and how much they hate it when it gets wide release. That's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I can see a lot of people not liking it for a oh, lot yeah. of the reasons that we did like it. Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, Wild and crazy. Are, yeah. are Cthulhu fans just as uh, bitter oh, as Batman and or Star Wars fans? Yeah, but throw in, you know, sprinkling a racism on top of that. Hooray! Yeah. Racism for all. <laughs> Sexism. <laughs> well, that's in the others, too. Uh, yeah, special mentions, too, for me. Color Out of Space, One Cut of the Dead was mm. 
in there, a few others that I kind of liked that were weird as hell that uh, just were an interesting experience. Have you seen In Fabric yet? Not yeah. yet. That one's really strange. <sighs> Boy, it, it got really good, but fuck, it takes forever to get yeah. there. It, mm. It's it's not an easy watch yeah. by any means. It's also very... Um, Look at me! I'm making an art house yeah, movie. Yeah, it really is art like, house oh. horror, but it heavy on the art house part. Yeah. Let's see, oh, Little Monsters. Everybody else see this one? No, yeah. I keep hearing about it. How did you it's, watch it? It's a Hulu. Oh fuck! All right. The I saw the trailer a lot, and then it just kind of disappeared. With a kindergarten class gets trapped in the middle of a uh-huh. visit to a, 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 zoo a zoo or something, or something like right? that, and then yeah. the a zombie outbreak things so the teacher's main goal is to keep the kids from having any idea of what's really going on Mm. and it's adorable and pretty cute uh i forgot the guy's name he plays olaf in frozen oh yeah plays a raging dickhead um a a live action barney kind of character that happens to be at the zoo at the same time (laughs) so he's but he's still funny (laughs) that's on hulu i'm watching that tonight lighthouse was interesting i don't know if i'd call it good you didn't give us but, your review on that. Vanessa talked about it. I didn't realize you had seen it since it, then. <laughs> I, I have done the deep dive when we decided we we're going to do a top <laughs> five. And I, I spent a few late nights. Unfortunately, Joker was one I didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple others that I just like missed out on. But I think I had a similar reaction to you. I, the performances are Amazing. And his speech about the lobster. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know if it's planned or what, but you're just like, this is magic. This is magic with language. Yeah. But it is um, ultimately kind of, kind of nothing. You and I disagree on a lot of movies, but I trust you to know what kind of movie I will like. Well, I like this. I don't think you're going to like this. All right. Good enough. Good enough for me. (laughs) Unless you really want to see why Robert Patterson should be allowed to leave his vampire history behind. Because he is so good. And obviously, Willem Dafoe's already established himself long, long ago with being a fabulous actor. I like Pattinson a lot and uh, looking forward to his Batman. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that's happening. How about you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, Under the Silver Lake was actually on my list of oh, like, nice. mentions. Yay! So, cool. yeah, I loved that film so much. A couple of uh, non-genre ones that I really liked in there. But as far as genre ones, did you guys see Hagazusa? Yes. I have not, but I've well, heard that. I watched about 40 minutes of it, I think. Well done for making it through 40 minutes. So there was a reason it didn't make it on my list. It is beautiful yeah but i really can't say that it's worth getting all the way through yeah, i did watch all of the lighthouse even though it has i think you should fast forward to the last feel. like 30 minutes of hagazusa oh, okay. and you can just watch it at like two speed to make it through even that last bit but you should you should see where it goes because it's it's kind of interesting where it kind of builds up and eventually takes you but i don't know i was mm, it was pretty, and I applaud them, but at the same time, I just... Oof, oof. That, that reminds me, I can't believe I didn't put it on here, but um, Tombad. I know that Tombad. you saw Tombad, and oh, yeah. it's Indian horror. Was that, oh. that was this year? I thought that, that was, was... That was this year, and I was going to put it on oh, my list, shit, and then yeah. it just kept getting pushed back further and further. That would have been on my... I thought it was 2018 for sure, so I didn't even look at it. Well, it I, was I love that a U.S. release 2019. Uh, That's why it was going to be on my list uh t-u-m-b-a-a-d i believe and that's also on shutter but that's just awesome. you know like a so clive barkery kind of weird Ooh. just 
bizarre yeah, horror. Really, really good. You had non-genre stuff you wanted to talk about? Because um, I wrote down a bunch. Yeah, there's one especially that I would really like to mention, um, which I don't think enough people went and saw, which is also a documentary huh? called They Shall Not Grow Old. Oh, oh, I've heard a lot about this. My God, that movie, it is probably, I would say I've never had an experience in the theater like that in my entire life. Um, what Peter Jackson did was take these really old photographs, oh, wow. he colored them, and then he kind of created layers out of them so you could kind of move a little bit with it and get more detail out of these pictures. Oh, wow. And he has all these kind of uh, words going on behind about like what's going on and these different people. And um, he talks to some of the relatives of the people who were in these photographs. And But it it really shows you exactly, not exactly, but a, a realistic idea of what World War One was like in a way that like I never I could never understand why life isn't valuable, especially in war. And when you're watching that film, you get it. It's just like, oh, oh, your life was literally valueless, like oh. literally has no value. You don't even think it has value. You know that you're going to be fodder and that's okay. And hearing it from these people wow. directly with them, um, they have like letters that they're uh, reenacting with um, actors who have accents that are from the same locations as these people who are just in these photos. The amount of time and effort he went through to make this, it feels like a living, breathing piece of history. So if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend Wow, sounds like the feel-bad movie of the year. It makes you sad. Also, I paired it with um, Rambo First Blood, which brought a whole new context to PTSD. I was like, I'm in it. I'm in it with you guys. (laughs) Totally. I I understand both movies shined a greater light on one another. Wow. Do a double bill. I recommend it. Oh, my. Start with Rambo. Uh, <laughs> non-genre stuff. I really want to mention. Well, I think that Eric probably has knives out on his oh, list. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh! So yes. Good. Holy shit! I man. just saw that. Oh, did you? Oh, I did too. Good. Just see it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought oh, Daniel man. Craig was a wonder. <laughs> it's I, at first, I was like, "What is going on with this?" over-the-top accent and the fact that everybody else in the film was also going, what is going on with uh, CSI KFC here? I feel like I've never seen, well, I haven't seen a film in a while where that many people are having that much fun. Just yeah. playing to the extremes of, uh, you know, it felt like they there wasn't any risk that they were worried about. Nobody was, you know, bringing up old characters that they'd played before, you know, like uh, James Bond or famous horror survivor <laughs> it was just like no let's just let's just have fun with it yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is a Ryan Johnson film so yeah, so maybe he's a good filmmaker I I am let's see Brick <laughs> yeah I think he's it's going to be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and I loved um I felt like the story was really well pieced together too. Like I just felt like the structure was much like one kind of the dead it just had this beautiful little structure to it. Well, and it's yes. an odd structure because yeah, you're explained what is going on very quickly and I was like, well, what is the rest of this movie going to be about now? Yeah, I was like, why am I here? Should I leave? What am I supposed to do right now? I'm still enjoying it, but I'm sitting there going, there's got to be something right, else totally. going to happen. <laughs> totally. It's like, if, if nothing else happens, I'm not sure. Also, Don Johnson, huh? Oh, uh, oh my god! Talk about a comeback, right? Yeah, Ooh. he's been fun. 
Oh, I've got one that's a non-genre that's uh, definitely worth seeing. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Mm. I still have not seen this. What's, so what's taking me so fun. long? So much fun. It's by the same guy who did, uh, what's the name of it? Um, oh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Made the film Ed Wood. Uh, yeah. Same writer. Got that same kind of fun. It's mm. about making movie. It's just great fun to watch. Go watch it. Enjoy it. Smile. Laugh. Think how close to the truth is? Oh, I don't care. Let's just go. <laughs> I also uh, had freaks on that. Oh, on that Ooh. list. I sort of like, is it, is it? Uh. Yeah. I, and I would probably have one more that I would love to recommend. Although I almost feel like you should have a trigger warning on it. <laughs> if you've ever been in love. <laughs> so, oh, all right. <laughs> um, I'll, be, I'll be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would be Kelly. <laughs> it's okay. Um, marriage story was, pretty phenomenal. Um, I, I know that it's very divisive. I've heard a lot of people yeah. who said that they hated it. I completely disagree. But This is on Netflix, right? It is. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's It did a theater run, but um, very quickly ran over to um, being an exclusive Netflix event. the one with event. Kyle Ryan? It is. Oh, it is. Right. Okay, Adam, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Yeah, no, it's um, it's really a beautiful piece. I think uh, it's a character study for sure. So it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but about two people who love each other a lot and are getting divorced. And it's just like, you know, just because you can't be with somebody doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. And going through that experience with them is, mm. oh, I think I cried the entire time. Happy. So, I mean, run right out and maybe not watch that. One. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't, it's hard to recommend because it's like, man, if you just need to cry, though, I mean, girls who are listening, I guess, maybe, <laughs> but people who just need to cry and just let out some crying, like watch that film. Hey, It'll if a movie is supposed to make you cry, I want to make me cry, damn it. Yeah. 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 I got uh, one more, I think I'm going to toss out here yeah. that I just saw because it just, because it fits the stuff we're sort of making fun of with the art house, but I really enjoyed it anyways, which was uh, Ad Astra. Oh, oh say it. yeah. What's I really that? want to see that. What's this guy's name? He's Brad been Pitt. In Phil things. Yeah, Brad Pitt, that guy. Oh, uh, it's I a space him. film about a guy, a very Event Horizon kind of storyline hmm. where his father went out on a deep space mission and disappeared. This is not spoilers given away very early in the movie. He disappeared. They think they found him. So they they want, but he won't talk to anybody. So Brad Pitt's brought out to, uh, who's a accomplished astronaut already, is brought out to try to communicate with him and get him to respond to mm-hmm. the messages they're sending him. Uh, because there's these strange pulses of power that are affecting Earth and all the, well, they're colonized Mars and all the place like that. It's It's very slow deliberately paced as we say but gorgeous stuff going on really incredible acting and just uh i thought it was a really interesting film mm-hmm. it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea hmm. well i'll throw out a couple um that uh just to mention uh john wick three i thought was fantastic oh, yeah um, totally once upon a time in hollywood would have been my absolute favorite movie this year mm-hmm. except I had a little dark horse come in at the very end, and uh, that is Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit's so good. That became my favorite movie of the year. I I was just, it's about a little boy who, uh, during World War II, living in Germany, desperately wants to be part of the Hitler Youth Group, and his (laughs) imaginary friend is Hitler. And, (laughs) you know, I remember hearing about this and thinking... This is going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah. And I think all the people that I thought it would piss off would probably love this movie. Yeah. Uh, directed by Taika Waititi, who uh, we know from What We Do in the Shadows, oh, yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People, Thanks. and people. 
Thor Ragnarok. Oh, oh yeah, Thor. And Eagle he, versus shark. Don't. don't he plays <laughs> Hitler in this. So. <laughs> yeah, I was actually really impressed by that because I was like, yeah, if you're gonna be you know brave slash dumb enough to make a movie about Hitler. Why not just throw yourself in that role and be like, yeah, no, I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm ready to take the the guff. Take the hit if, on this one. <laughs> yeah, if anyone is going to, then it's my project. Yeah, the nice. fact that he makes Hitler buffoonish as only a 10-year-old boy's imaginary friend could oh, be so is good. perfect. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson also in this one. Huh? The amazing Sam Rockwell. Oh, I don't think he has ever good. been in a bad movie. <laughs> and even if he has, he's the best part of it. Yeah. I just, uh, that movie actually made me cry. So I, I loved it. I loved it. And that was my favorite movie of the year. Very cool. Absolutely. I can totally see why that movie is just powerful. It's strong. It's funny. It's takes some interesting, unexpected, but brave turns. And I just, yeah, it's a, it's a joy. Well, shall we go into our, I don't know if we necessarily want to say worse, but our <laughs> disappointments of the year kind of films. This was a hard thing for me to think of because I was yeah. like, uh, we, we were talking about, you know, should we also mention our least favorite film of the year? And, yeah. and I was like, God, how do I do this? Do I say that this is, my pick is objectively not a bad film. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was, it's got a bunch of good actors in it. I don't think they were acting their best, but <laughs> I chose uh, Dark Phoenix. Ah. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. I, and I think I chose it because this is the movie that had the most potential and completely failed at it. it it's an amazing <laughs> story, the comic book story. And yeah. They, I feel like they really just jammed everything they could into this, knowing that the X Men franchise was going to be taken over by Disney. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. this is the last time they could convince uh, Jennifer Lawrence to be absolutely. In the film, and, so. and in fact, she was just like, "Look, I'll do it, but you got to kill me off." Yeah, like yeah. you really—it's really important, guys. It's real important. <laughs> and then, I don't know. This is just one of those movies that you come out of the theater, you're like. You who farted. This was the stinkiest <laughs> thing I have seen Man, if all Fox year. Kids can do a better version, a more Absolutely. like heart wrenching oh, yeah. version than you. You know you've made a mistake. Absolutely, true. Dark Phoenix, my pick for worst film of the year, or least favorite disappointment of the year. I'm going to say disappointment of the year for one. I talked about I think maybe even just the last episode mm. or the one before it, but uh, that Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. Oh right. Oh right. Because there's so much, because the more I thought about it after talking about it on the show, the more I go, well, actually, this part's really good, and that's really good. It would have been so easy to take 40 minutes of that hour and some odd minute movie and do some more face-to-face interviews, interject that, and it would have been fantastic. <laughs> but it's just, oh, because I'd been looking forward to that one for a couple of years or whenever I first heard about it. It seems like it's been a couple of years, but I finally saw it. Oh, my God. It's on. Damn it. <laughs> so, so it, again, if somebody came up to me and said, what the hell's wrong with you? It's a great movie. I, I couldn't argue against them, but I, I, it could have been so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can't have a movie that says you watch it and die and then, you know, Maybe they watched The Ring and thought, you know, nobody died. Yeah, but people die in the movie right. from watching it. Right. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, well, I'll intersect to bring up the one that actually makes me angry just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like almost out of breath and I haven't right. said it yet. High Life, another A24 picture. It's a science fiction piece, also star- starring uh, Robert Pattinson. And it is. Well, apparently, you weren't the only one that felt that way because I don't. 
I've never even heard of it. Oh, I mean, Sif really touted it. Um, Our local Seattle International Film Festival theater chain out here, they really like pulled it around. And I felt like I was hearing about it from all sides, but I'm also on the A24 newsletter. So I get like a million emails (laughs) Uh about everything that's coming out from them. It was just infuriating because it felt like you were supposed to be in this really beautiful, epic, interesting well, maybe not epic, maybe small, I guess, um, little world on this tiny spaceship with these people who are kind of being experimented on. It's a bunch of prisoners on a, a ship going into deep space where they're testing a number of different modules. It's pretentious bullshit. <laughs> it's literally it's literally lazy. It's literally lazy. Like you're like watching it going, oh my God. And it's dark. And this girl's in the masturbation room and holy shit. No, it doesn't mean anything. It means literally nothing. And every single plot point that they give you and present to you, like it's some kind of important, interesting, epic thing. And the music is rising. You're like, yeah, no, it doesn't mean anything. And the more you think about it, the less it means and the less sense it makes. And the more bullshit it is it's just like for hipsters who like science fiction wow yeah if you like this film you're wrong you can like robert pattinson that's fine you can like the idea the concept is a cool concept i was right there with you until the movie got you know started so this film was freaking awful I don't want to see it now. <laughs> I just, I, uh, it's hard because I think it, it's um, directed by a, a, a female and I, I hate to, you know, shit on, on a gender that is trying to race through the ranks, but I'm sorry, this movie was awful and you should do better. Try again. Well, I'm just glad to hear that somebody else has a masturbation room. <laughs> uh. it's, it's the kitchen, by the way. No. Oh, oh. Uh. I'm glad I'm sat on my coat. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the final episode of Strange Ants Radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anything you guys are looking forward to seeing this year? Oh, God. That's a completely different episode. Yes, yeah, so we okay. need a that's whole fair. Episode I was just that. trying to find something maybe positive. That's, maybe then. that's episode 50. Hmm. Oh. That's what we're looking forward to. How about we positively talk about what we're going to talk about next? Right. Ooh. That we're back to regular programming, which yeah. I think throws the ball into your court, Vanessa. It does. It does. I've been thinking about this uh, semi-long. Um, <laughs> not that long. But also, I gave myself than, thirty yeah. seconds to come up with a new topic. <laughs> I have a list, and I think this one was one of the newer editions. But I feel good about it. It's um, in movies that feature an invisible character of some kind. Okay. I'm calling it um, "Now You See Me, Now You Don't." Ooh, I so. think there is actually a movie with Kurt Russell. There is called "Now You See I Me, Now You Don't." I almost watched it, but I did. Yeah, I remember yeah. that from the early Disney days. <laughs> Uh, okay, invisibility characters. Now you see me, now you don't. Um, so, hey, everybody, thank you so much for all of the great things. Happy New Year. I hope that we brought up a couple of films that maybe you had forgotten about or haven't seen. Let us know what you liked this year, because I'm always on the lookout. I can't Hell wait to yeah. watch uh, Little Monsters tonight. And then we will see you in a week. We're talking, now you see me, now you don't. You're welcome. Goodbye. Our show is recorded live. (laughs) Our show is recorded somewhere high above Naval Station Everett at the nexus of all realities and is engineered and produced by Eric Margaret. Our theme music is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find Strange Eons Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and wherever fine podcasts are found.